Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Evening Thoughts. I hope that you are well and having a good weekend so far. My name is Sam, and I am your host. Thank you for joining me this evening as we come together again to spend time in reflection about faith, life, death, and the beyond. Wherever you are right now, I am so glad that you can join me tonight. You know, I was just thinking this week how it is almost Thanksgiving, and tonight my episode is called A Posture of Gratitude. What is posture? A posture is a position in which someone holds their body up, but it is also the approach or perspective someone has as they deal with something. When I was growing up, my mom used to tell me, stand up straight and don't slouch. What she was really saying was that I needed to fix my posture. I have this tendency to droop my shoulders and look downward as I walk. So my mom was not only concerned about my physical aesthetics, but she knew that good posture helps prevent injuries. For those of you who are athletes, having good posture when you run helps you to breathe better. Having good posture and good form will help prevent injuries for those of you who are weightlifters. So having good posture matters in many levels. And as a lifelong sloucher, I have to be mindful of correcting my posture daily. Just as physical posture is important, we also need to be mindful of the posture of our hearts. As we approach Thanksgiving next week, I want to remind us to check the posture of our hearts. You see, your heart's posture determines your attitude. When we choose to adopt a posture of gratitude, we may see that giving thanks is important not just because it is the season, but because Christ has blessed us beyond our imagination can contain. To help us see this fleshed out a bit, Allow me to read you a story found in the book of Luke, chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. In this passage, Jesus is traveling, and as he enters a village, he is met by ten lepers who from a distance shout their voices for Jesus to have mercy on them. The reason why they were yelling from a distance was because they had all been infected with a disease that damaged their nerves, respiratory tract, skin, and eyes. 
This damage often led to the person unable to feel pain, which resulted in loss of body parts and, and extremities. One such story tells of a person with leprosy who would walk for miles on a broken foot because he no longer felt pain. The result was amputation or serious infection leading to loss of mobility and loss of life. Another story I've heard recounts of mice gnawing off a person's nose while they slept, and because they had lost the nerve endings to feel pain, they would wake up to find that their extremities or their nose had been damaged and that that would result in infection and all sorts of loss of their body parts. Often these infected would be put into colonies where they would go to die. So at some point the ten lepers must have heard about the power of Jesus and his ability to heal the sick. And so when they see him they yell from a distance because they are familiar with the Jewish law that if a person was infected with leprosy, they could not come within certain distance from the non-infected. Often they would have to warn others that they were infected to not to come any closer. Talk about the ultimate quarantine, right? I can't even imagine the heartache of living apart from loved ones to keep them from infection. And I can imagine the loneliness and feeling of hopelessness as they saw their families from afar but could never get close. In this story, we see ten lepers raising their voices to Jesus for healing. And what is his response? Jesus tells the ten lepers, Go show yourselves to the priests. According to Leviticus chapter 14, the priest was given authority to examine a person with a skin disease to confirm that the person had recovered and had been made well. But you see, the priest had limits because all they could do was to confirm that this person was healed, but the priest could not heal anyone. Jesus tells the ten lepers, Go see the priests. And they listen. And as they are on their way, they are healed. Their skin is restored. Their extremities and open wounds are closed and healed. This is an important detail in the story. It shows us that Jesus can do what the priests cannot do. The priests were only able to confirm whether a person was made well, but Jesus, with a word, is the one who can heal. And who can heal but God alone? Our text is showing us that Jesus alone is our true healer because he is God. So the ten lepers are healed, but the story draws attention to one lone person who, when he was healed, turned back and comes and falls at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. Do you see the posture of gratitude in this man? Do you see his attitude of humility? You see, the other nine went on their way, only receiving physical healing, but this man was about to receive something so much more. All who receive physical healing will age and die someday, but this man, who came back and fell at the feet of his healer, 
would receive something better. All the others, it seems, only wanted Jesus for the healing. Their calling out to Jesus was superficial. They really didn't want Jesus. They only wanted what he could give them. But this man sees his blessing, turns back, and falls on his face. He prostrates himself at Jesus' feet in worship. The passage says clearly that he fell on his face giving thanks. This is the kind of posture that I want us to be reminded of tonight. This is the attitude that I believe this passage calls us to adopt. I know that sometimes it is difficult to adopt this posture, especially when it has not been an easy year for any of us. Some of you won't get to see your loved ones this holiday season because they are deployed. Some of you may have lost loved ones this year, and the heartache of not having them here with you this year is incredibly painful. I don't want to dismiss that some of you live in chronic pain every single day. And it is difficult to find a heart of gratitude. I don't blame you for that. But in such times, in times of difficulty, in times of hardship, our passage shows us that we need to adopt a posture of gratitude because if we claim to have faith, if we claim to be followers of Jesus, then even during the storm, there is always something to be thankful for. Back in our passage, Jesus asks, Where is everyone else? Where are the nine? And then we discover that this man is a Samaritan. Now we must understand that Jews and Samaritans did not associate with one another in this day. And it seems that it was the illness that brought them together into this group of ten. And so Jesus' question shows us that in this group, there were at least one Jewish person or more, but definitely at least one. This is why the story has us pay attention to the fact that this person was a Samaritan. The implication is that there were some Jews in this group of ten. The point here is that the Hebrew people should have known better. The Hebrew people grew up learning of God, and yet they didn't believe. They only wanted Jesus for what he could give them, but they did not have true faith. But this Samaritan truly believed, and not only received physical healing, but salvation. Verse 19 says, He said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. And it is an implication that this man was made well more than just in the physical sense. He was renewed. He was restored in more ways than just physical. This wonderful story shows us a man with a posture of gratitude. He came and fell in front of Jesus in worship, but the posture took place first in his heart. He was overwhelmed with gratitude. This Thanksgiving season demands that we take time to reflect upon the blessings in our lives. And so my question is, where do we start? This passage shows us that it starts with our hearts. Ask God right now, Lord, help my heart in humility 
to come before you and thank you for the gift of salvation. Without Jesus, we are all deserving of hell. We are deserving of condemnation. We are deserving fully of our punishment. But Jesus, our great substitute, took upon himself our sins on the cross so that you and I might have relationship with a perfect God. You see, Jesus has made a way for us to the Father. That grace, that love is in and of itself something to be thankful for. So let us start there. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to grow in our hearts a posture of gratitude. Sometimes when I know that my heart is lacking affection for God, and I will admit that these days my heart is lacking affection for God, and I have been praying, and I encourage you to pray, God, increase my affection for you. Holy Spirit, make something happen in my heart that I cannot do. Just be honest, God, my heart is apathetic. God, would you increase my ability to be grateful for all the blessings in my life? And I find it hard to identify those things. And so, Lord, thank you for my salvation. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his love. Thank you that his love was displayed perfectly on the cross. God, help me to be thankful for Jesus. That is a good place to begin. That is a good place to build off from. Would you think upon your life before coming to Christ? Where would you be if not for God meeting you where you were and giving you a new purpose? Where would you be if God had not pulled you out from your life of despair to a new life in his presence? I know that for me, I would be living a life of selfishness and seeking temporary things. I would be lost in living without purpose, but in Christ, without having me work for it, because there's no possible way to work my way up to this holy God, I've been given purpose. I've been made new. In Christ, sin no longer has mastery over me. In Christ, I'm a new creation. My sins have been forgiven, and for that, I'm thankful. Would you examine your heart this evening? Would you go to the Lord in prayer? God, we thank you for all your blessings in our lives. It may not always be apparent, but your fingerprints is all over our lives and the evidence of your blessings cannot be overlooked. For all the blessings you have given to us, the best of all is the gift of your Son. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for our sins, for dying the death that we all deserve, and making a way for us to come to the Father. God, during this Thanksgiving season, help us to start there. And God, would you soften our hearts to move outward, to be thankful for all the big and small things in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, that is it for me tonight. I hope that this episode was an encouragement to you and have been a blessing. May you have a wonderful weekend. And as we prepare our hearts to celebrate Thanksgiving next week, be blessed and stay safe. Thank you again for joining me this evening. And again, if you like what you hear, please share this podcast with someone you know. And if you'd like to drop me a comment or a question, you can email me at eveningthoughts at hotmail.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And as always, peace and blessings. Good night.